it's amazing. Like it's it's cool to have the platform now to be able to say, you know, how big of a deal BattleBots has been for me since I was a little kid and stuff and show like, hi, I've gone from the five year old who built robots out of Legos and loved it all the way to, you know, now I'm an engineer and now I'm doing this for work and now like I can come and build the robots too and compete. Like it's 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 been quite the ride. Hi there, this is the SolidWorks Born to Design podcast, a collection of inspiring stories about those who create, build, invent, and engineer new ideas into actual new products. And by the way, they all use SolidWorks. I'm your host, Cliff Medling, and this episode of the Born to Design podcast is titled, Designing Outside the Box Turns into Huge Wins. Today I'm talking with Jonathan Schultz, who's an entrepreneur and the team leader for the BattleBots Team Huge. Jonathan made a name for himself in 2018 when he created a revolutionary new fighting robot. Listen in to hear his advice for any designer who steps away from the norm. So let's jump right into my interview with Jonathan. My name is Jonathan Schultz. Uh, I'm a mechanical engineer from Connecticut. And in my free time, I build BattleBots. And tell us what you're doing now professionally. So professionally right now, I have a startup with Leanne from Valkyrie, Team Valkyrie. Um, what we do is we're developing a three-in-one washing appliance that can go in your kitchen. If you live in an urban home and you don't have access to a clothes washer and dryer, it fits in where your dishwasher goes, but you still have a dishwasher as well. That's that's crazy idea. Love it. It's, we've got a working prototype, but we know how to make it fit in the hole, you know, and you get everything out of it. So it's uh, it's been fun. We've been going on that for about a year now. So Excellent. I think it was actually a year the other day. New ideas. I love it. I love it. So, Jonathan, let's, let's jump right in. I have a lot of questions for you. But first, uh, I want to talk about just last Friday's match. Hey, this is going to come out a few weeks later, but uh, you had a great match with Bronco. And I, I have to admit, and I'm being completely honest, I was on the edge of my seat because you really didn't know who's going to win that one. So that was that was exciting, huh? Yeah, it was. Um, there was – that was part of the uh, – you know, you can see how I'm driving a little bit where probably a minute left in the fight. I, you can see I start to realize like, uh-oh, we're losing right now, aren't we? And and start to get a lot more aggressive and, and chasing after him. Because, yeah, I've never had a fight that was so back and forth almost. And that was, you know, we lead at the start and then he really was controlling us in the middle there. And he either like ran out of gas or something. He, he went, put took his foot off the pedal a little bit. And so we just went straight for it because we needed to win. You need to win, yeah. Somehow. And yeah, something, I don't even know what went wrong, but something died at the end and we just said, okay, there's four seconds left, so we're not going to get a knockout here. So I need to just do as much damage as I can in the next four seconds to the carcass over there <laughs> to make it look good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and try and win the decision and, and we did. Yeah, it was almost like a, a wrestling match, you know, that somebody's winning the beginning and then he was winning and then you came back. And yeah. But I have to admit, you know, he he can really throw some robots up in the air, but but... Huge seemed to take a, a good hit. You guys kind of flipped over, and you're like, "Okay, we're back," you know. Yeah, we've got some great photos too of like on the landings where the wheels are just bent all the way over sideways, and then it springs right back up, and it's nice. We um, he threw us more than I expected him to throw us. That was right. like it, it's on the one hand, it's cool to see a, ro a robot flying ten feet in the air. On the other hand, you know, it's not how it was supposed to go. <laughs> I, I was saying before the fight, oh, we're going to try to avoid the flipper. But I think everybody ever has said that for Bronco. And they're really good. Like, we gave them an opening for half a second, and they were flipping us for a minute straight. Like, they just, as soon as you give them an opening, because they drive really carefully, right. they're just on it. And it was, you just kind of watching, you know, you're along for the ride is, until they decide to 
let go. And right. then we finally got away from it. And it was like, oh, okay, time to, <laughs> time to, <laughs> time to fight again. Well, I have to admit, I mean, I, I, I didn't meet you last year when uh, 2018 season started, but uh, huge was, uh, sorry, I should say huge, huge, as they say, yeah, it's, you guys got a, you guys grew a huge fan base. Sorry, I'm going to say huge like 20 times now. No, it's perfect. Uh, uh, the you know, that first year, old. because it was kind of a revolutionary design, which I got to give you credit for. I mean, there's, everybody's moving to the low profile vertical spinners and you kind of came up with a, a crazy new idea, right? How, how did yeah. that, how, how did that come into your brain or how did, how did you think that that was going to work? Or did you try several ideas? What's. What's the thought process that went behind huge? <laughs> there was definitely a process to getting it to the show because we had a few smaller versions of it first that we were fighting uh, around the Northeast at local events and stuff. So part of the fun of it developing such a fan base is because I'd been huge had been kind of my thing for a year or so before the show started. So I was like, you know, I was getting pretty settled with the idea. I kind of had figured it out, started to trust it. And then you get to the show and it was like starting the process all over again that no one has ever seen this before because most of the big bot people don't pay attention to tiny events. You know, they're battle bots focused. Right. So showing up with this thing and, and it's just the whole cycle again of like, that's never going to work. It's like, ah, it's been working for a year. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but yeah, the process really was, um, I had built for my senior project from college, a small vertical spinner. It was shaped a lot like um, Brutus from last season, like okay. a two-wheel drive bite force, like conventional wedge with a vertical spinner. Um, and it was worse than every other wedge with a vertical spinner that was at all the competitions. And I got mad because it was going to take me like, like I had this fresh robot and it was never going to be good unless I completely rebuilt it and spent money again because it wasn't shaped right compared to all the other ones. Interesting. And, and I just said, how can I beat this? Like this robot specifically. And I had seen um, a robot on Robot Wars in England with the giant plastic wheels, but it was a different weapon type. And I saw the wheels and I had the vertical spinner set up already. And I was just like, you know, that could be something if you put them together and figure out how to hold it together in the middle and everything like that. So I built a prototype out of just a bunch of uh, leftover parts from the vertical spinner that I'd built before. Um and it worked better than the vertical spinner I built before. So, like, I showed up to an event. Everyone was caught completely off guard. I win my first couple fights, and I ended up getting second place. And wow. the overwhelming response was, okay, your first robot was cool, but, like, this is your thing now, right? Like, you're going to keep <laughs> building these. And then it was about one calendar year from that, like, coming out party almost to ushering up a BattleBots. So it was very, we were very green still. That was right. only like the third or fourth robot we built at BattleBots last year. Really? Okay. And and you can see it if you look closely. And it did well. What was your record last year? Three and two. Three and two, three yeah. And two. So yeah, it was three and one in the fight nights against uh, Sub-Zero, Free Shipping, and Chomp, which are all like incredibly experienced teams. All of them have titles to their name in other events. And it was like seeing all of these people I knew already and then fighting them and then beating them was like, it was incredible. And then we met Ice Wave and that didn't last very long. And then, uh, and we got ripped in half and then we were so damaged, we fell in half against Bike right. Force in the playoffs. But it was like, we just thought it was like, man, we have so much potential in this idea because it seemed to be working pretty well. And then we spent the year and you can see it in the current huge, it's so much more polished than last year's of just we know what we're doing and we know how to build it correctly we know how to design it correctly right the wheels were different they definitely looked more oh my like god they yeah. could take more of a hit and last but, year was a bit hopeful right <laughs> but it, it held up but it was hopeful <laughs> 
but but it was a great design. But I still have to admit, uh, I, I love the eyes that you put on there. You, it, it builds a little character with the robot, right? Yeah, a no, personal connection there. And it really like BattleBots will talk sometimes about how they want you know they don't want a robot that's boring. They want some character to it, and, right? And I just love that because we've we have the eyes, and it's so they're so like giant. Right. And, and they're so bold. It, it really is just two metal boxes <laughs> behind the <laughs> eyes. But, you know, they're they're okay with it because the eyes are such a cool, like, brand almost. It's a brand. Them. Absolutely. You're building a brand. Yeah. yeah. It is a it is a definitely a revolutionary design. I, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously you're here, and I'm a, but I'm a, also a big fan. And I remember Thank last you. year I went to a watch event and, and met you for the first time at the end of the 2018 season. And and if you haven't seen these things in person, even even the smaller ones are they're they're really large robots and huge is just it's really it really is huge. So it's it doesn't fit through any doors. Yeah. Um you have to completely take it apart to get it in the car to go anywhere. Well, I know it's a tight community and everybody's, you know, is everybody oh, yeah. you talked to I've talked to obviously uh, several BattleBot team leaders and uh, it's interesting. They all say that, that you know we're fighting each other's robots, but it's not it's not personal. You know, it's, no. it's, it's, a, it's a great community, and when somebody's robots down, there's always somebody willing to help them out. And you were mentioning earlier, we talked that the, everybody has there's so many different expertise in there. So oh yeah, in the pit. Yeah, t- talk a little bit more about the pit, uh, the, what the the that environment of the pit and what that it's, is. Yeah, it's well. I first want to mention also yeah. teams helping teams is. Um, this was a little bit before we actually fought Gigabyte, but we were having some trouble before our first matches with our belts were too loose. And they actually gave us not just like parts, but they gave us the CAD of how they were doing their belt tensioning and said, here's how you can make belt tensioners. And they taught us how to fix our robot live in the pits. And then, you know, two fights later, we ended up fighting them and beating them. <laughs> but um, Whoops. <laughs> whoops. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but, um, I mean, they were great. Everyone was great. It's, it's a beehive of incredibly nice people is really like nice and capable people. Because everyone who's in that building has the skills to project manage and design a competitive top tier battle bot, but also that like instinctive impulsive urge to just be like, man, that's really cool and I want to do it. Like they they that passion too, and it's so rare to find that person with the combo of the passion and the skills to do it that everyone in the building is fast friends because we're all pretty similar. We're all cut from the same cloth for the most part. So yeah, it's just. A and what is that cloth? What is what designers into? insane? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a lot of. I compare it to art a lot. Like everyone has the it because it's something you want to produce, and it comes from you know, inside you of just like I, I want to build this thing and I want to see it do well. That it, it it almost compares more favorably to like the artist vein a little bit. Okay. But then yeah, everyone, as you mentioned, everyone learns what it takes to bring their idea to life. Like Mark from Icewave, he wanted to make a gas engine spinner, so he figured out how to make a hot rotted, like concrete saw engine. And you see his pit and it's full of engine parts and it's full of, you know, he knows small engine repair and he can do all this stuff. I don't have a clue any of that. Yeah. But I know how to use the plastic perfectly, whereas I see other people using plastic in the wrong ways that aren't using its strengths correctly. And then there's the, you know, the teams with pneumatic weapons and they're over there rebuilding valves and stuff. I don't know how to do that, but they know how to do it perfectly. And then the hydraulic teams have their own, you know, things that they know. And um, there's teams using different technologies for weapon and drive and brushed or brushless motors. And they all have like their little like knowledge base. 
So everyone's kind of cut from the same cloth, but we're all at such different points once we get to the filming that, you know, you wander through the pits and you can just ask questions and pick up so much more knowledge. I think that was part of how we had such a big improvement from season three to season four is being in that environment, seeing the level of the engineering meeting and talking to people. We got a lot of the ideas that we implemented in the robot for this season from people last year. Oh, interesting. Just saying like, hey, have you thought about this? It's like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, we should do that. Yeah. Um, that was like the uh, the new design for the center was adapted from something that we learned from Team Scorpios because they were pitted next to us last year. And it's, I like to say the best way to learn something is do it wrong in front of someone who knows better because <laughs> they'll correct you. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a lot of last year is just like we were learning as we went and they were really... Uh, you know, kind and welcoming because they knew it was someone new to join this community of crazy people and, you know, really passionate people. And so they helped us out and got us kind of up to speed. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I know. It seems like everybody talks about the environment, the pits, and what a what a positive community it is. Right? Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't expect it to be so collaborative. Right. Like you, Collaborative, better word, yeah. Yeah. There's always stories out of, like, Formula One and NASCAR and stuff where every team has their secrets they keep all the stuff secret i expect battlebots to end up there someday you know once things get really serious but it's at the point where it's still a passion project for most of the people involved none of us do it as a job right so people are a lot more likely to share details of like oh that motor i know that motor if you do blah 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 it'll stay alive you know if you don't do that it'll burn up in a fight and and just sharing tips and and stuff like that Whereas in Formula One, you see it of like they have people employed on the teams whose job is to go take pictures of the other cars to try and figure out how they work <laughs> and stuff. Exactly. You know, maybe someday, but I enjoy it more the way it is now. Uh, some, something tells me it won't change. Seems like the, the people if, if it becomes some big money Formula One thing someday, then probably every robot will look like, you know, Bite Force or Tombstone by the end of the day anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, and one we, huge because we're still going to show yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. We have to have... Yeah. Somebody look a little different. So tell us about that. You kind of get some quick stardom with, you know, huge last year. I mean, that, that you kind of came out of the woodwork and now, you know, they have little pieces talking to you on, on the BattleBot show. It's, it's got to be a little bit of fame comes yeah. with that. Does that? It's, um, it's surreal in a lot of ways, like, because we were such big fans of the show. And even, you know, when it rebooted on ABC back in 2015 and 2016 seasons, I mean, we were just fans for that. We hadn't even built any combat robots by those points. So it's all these people we know. And then now we're there too. It's very weird to see yourself on TV, but also fighting something that you know is like, oh my God, it's it's Bronco. Like, right. this isn't just a robot. It's like, it's Bronco. Like, I have a toy. I have, you know... I have toys from their old robots, Toro, like way back when. It, they've just always been like this mainstay. And a lot of these teams have just been mainstays of, you know, combat robots for years. So it's very cool and very humbling to see, you know, that's our robot up there and it's doing cool work. But also, yeah, it's it's amazing. Like it's it's cool to have the platform now to be able to say, you know, how big of a deal BattleBots has been for me since I was a little kid and stuff and show like, hi, I've gone from the five-year-old who built robots out of Legos and loved it all the way to, you know, now I'm an engineer and now I'm doing this for work and now, like, I can come and build the robots too and compete. Like, it's 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 been quite the ride. Right. Well, yeah, you, you uh, I was going to ask about that, you know, where it all got started. So you started with just oh, yeah. the Lego robotics. No, no, that's fine. That's good. That's good. It was, um, 
I did the first Lego League competitions when I was in middle school. Okay. Uh, and that was generally me trying, like, every year, the first thing I would design was like, oh, we need like a plow for the front of this robot to push stuff. And I was like, it's a wedge. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I always kind of wanted to build BattleBot stuff, but obviously that wasn't the point. It was a team effort to build, you know, robots that can complete tasks and stuff. Right. So those were the first robots I'd ever worked on. And then because my high school was so small, my graduating class was 48, that we couldn't afford a first or VEX robotics team. So it was just nothing. Like, I just didn't build robots for years after that. And then there was a few college projects, and then it was, um, I had a senior project uh, that I got in the signs that was something to do with, like, welding processes. And sorry, Professor Valero, you were always one of my favorite professors, but I didn't want to do the welding process stuff. <laughs> so I I, um, I figured out how to uh, convince them to build, let me build a BattleBot as my senior project. And that was the first 30-pounder that was in, wasn't great. I got a B on the project. I would call it a B robot. Like it was, <laughs> it was all right. Uh, won a few fights, but then that was what led to huge directly. So it was like yeah. it. It is just like the butterfly effect, almost of just all these things happening. And you know, maybe I wouldn't be here if I started doing first in high school or something like that. Right, right. You know? So you started learning SolidWorks in high in high school as well and middle school. Middle school. Middle that's school. right. Yeah, yeah it was um, because I mentioned my high school was so small. They would. Uh, bus us to the next town over and we would do CAD classes in that town. That's great. So thank you, Mr. Zidius. You were a great teacher. Um, and I think he's still there. But he was just, you know, beating his head against the wall to teach CAD to seventh graders, you know, back in 2007. And and it paid off because I got to college and I knew all the CAD stuff already because yeah. my college also was all SolidWorks. And so... And which, which school is that? Uh, Western New England University okay. in Springfield, Mass. Last time we talked, you had a lot of great stories about... Oh, yeah. Yeah, for listeners for this podcast, love those stories uh, about BattleBots. One of my favorite stories from this year was we figured out by using, like, the right material, it was pretty cheap, it was about $80 per spinning bar for the robot this year. Okay. Which is a great price compared it to the cost like, of the yeah, robot. It doesn't sound too bad, yeah. So we bought 10, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one on the robot at a time... Maximum of eight fights. Yeah, we need 10. So we, we bought them in every inch length, pretty much, from way too short to almost too long and skimming the ground. And we would just go around the pits and kind of make notes of robots as we saw them, especially if we were going to fight them and just see, like, okay, what length bar would we run? Like, if you see Chomp, Chomp has, like, four inches. We didn't have this last year, but we fought Chomp. Yeah. Chomp has, like, four inches of hardened steel at the bottom. Right. And then paper-thin titanium above that. So that was the inspiration was oh my God, if I ran a bar that could physically never hit the hardened steel at the bottom, we're golden. Like, this is even better than huge is. It will, we, will, we can never hit the armor. We'll be able to hit all the soft stuff. So we ran a shorter bar against Jasper to miss their wedge, and we ran a shorter bar against Gigabyte to hit the top of the shell, and then we ran a bit longer bar for Bronco because we saw where their wheels were at and the way their wedges were set up and stuff. And then that let us get like the angles right to knock the armor off and and rip the top plate open and stuff like that. So yeah, I had I had no idea. Uh, I thought it was yeah yeah. There's a lot of strategic you know discussions going on because usually a spinner is just kind of a turn it on and drive into them kind of right. robot. But with yours is a little different because it's right. coming down yeah or or up. You have the right, option yeah, right. Yeah, we can and and even middle of the fight if I want to. Um, change the idea. Oh, really? Okay. I just, I don't even, like some robots will spin it all the way down and spin it up the other way. If I drive backwards and I back into somebody, now ah. it's going down. If oh, it goes forwards, true. now it's going up. So I'll do that in the middle of a fight of like, well, this isn't working. <laughs> change the strategy and then just back into people and I've won fights like that before where it just hits the right point and then 
get a knockout or something from that. Right. Like, sometimes you like rip through the top plate on people and stuff. Seems obvious, but I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You just go backwards, right? Because you well, can hit from both sides. I, I like it no one thinks of it because then they can't game plan for <laughs> us, right? Because I mean, that's the thing we knew for Bronco with the over-the-top armor like they had um, is we knew if they're not running the over-the-top armor, we're going to spin down. We want to go through their thin top plates. If they run the over-the-top armor, we can spin up and rip the armor off and then rip at other stuff. And it's it's just, it's so configurable because it's only mental that we don't really, there's no like, okay, we need an hour to change something. It's just like, okay, I'm going to drive like this for this fight. And I have so much practice with it that I can drive backwards, I can drive forwards, like, it's, it's simple enough. Um, and then the other story is, through all of my years of learning CAD, I'd done FEA in other programs, but I had never done any SolidWorks analysis ever. Okay. So I was at BattleBots, and we were making the wheels before the fight with the Gigabyte. So we'd already spent a bunch of time in SolidWorks figuring out how big Gigabyte's shell was uh, and exactly which bar we needed to run to hit through the top of the shell and get at, you know, jam the shell up, get at anything inside, and then something broke eventually because it lit on fire. I don't know exactly what it was. Um, but it's always good to see fire. Uh, <laughs> on the other person's robot. <laughs> on the other guy's robot, yeah. Um, so we were making new wheels because Senovoyachi just completely exploded our wheels. And we said, okay, this, is, this isn't going to work. So we need something else. And we had five or six designs on paper for a new, it was a thinner material, so we could run more meat to the wheel. So hopefully it wouldn't rip like Senovoyachi ripped it. And then the thinner material would wobble a little bit more. But we were worried that if it was thin enough, we would just fall over. And it wouldn't be able to hold up the weight of the robot. So the Team P1, who's also SolidWorks sponsored, I believe, right. taught me in the pits how to run simple SolidWorks FEA analysis stuff. And we were able, I mean, obviously, I don't know how hard a robot hits. But doing it apples to apples, we were just able to compare all the designs we had on paper that we were debating of like, okay, this will be the stiffest or this will be the stiffest. Just to find a wheel that wouldn't fall over as soon as we put it on the robot. And we ended up finding the design we ended up using. Um, it was just barely as stiff as last year's super paper-thin hopeful wheels. <laughs> we figured, like, okay, it didn't fall over last year, so we'll be okay, right? Um, and doing that comparison helped out because once we got the wheels on the robot, we kind of tip over at some point in the fight, and it takes a second to bounce back, but it does, it does bounce yeah. back. I mean, that'd be a hell of a way to lose. You get the shell jammed <laughs> up there on fire. And it's like, oh, what happened? It fell over. Like, yeah. <laughs> so we, um, you know, there was the Gigabyte fight was the most game planned fight we ever had. I mean, we had like nothing was broken after Jasper. So we really just had two days to sit there and right. idle hands make more work. You know, <laughs> so we had two days and we're just like, we should reconfigure everything <laughs> and we just spent so much time thinking about it and game planning that it all worked out really well in the end and you put the and you kind of designed a, a fake gigabyte in yeah. SolidWorks to kind of test it out yeah. yeah um and they showed it on the show too i was a little ashamed almost because i didn't design it in any kind of like nice way using motion studies or anything i didn't it was literally a 2d sketch of the outline of the shell <laughs> and then a bunch of a big pile of concentric circles for our wheels and all the bars and I would just click the unconstrained sketch and just drag it into the constrained gigabyte sketch until one of them lined up the way we wanted it to because it was it was just a tool you know we weren't trying to make anything nice we were just like okay I have like six hours to make this decision I need to know like now what right. is going to line up so we we just use that tool to 
you know, see which bars would hit perfectly, but still be long enough to get a good hit on them. Because we had some other angles that were kind of top down to make sure they fit between the wheels and stuff like that. And we settled on a decision, put the robot together, and it all worked out really well. That's great. We have one of the weakest spinners in the field. Like, it doesn't look it, because usually we're going to get 15 hits over a fight in the same spot, so it's going to make a big hole in somebody by the end of the fight. But there's plenty of robots with spinners powerful enough. Like, Tombstone could hit Bronco once and do all the damage that it took us to do in three minutes from our angle. But Tombstone can't hit from our angle. So we have to game plan for that, or we're just going to be throwing ourselves, you know, with the wrong length bar into their toughest armor and it's not going to achieve anything. Right. So our, we watch a lot of video stuff, try and figure out how people drive, how the robots work. We watch, um, you know, any old shows that they were on or anything like that. And then just a lot of sitting and planning and thinking. And I mean, you can see it on the show in the Bronco fight. We hit the front of Bronco like two or three times. We hit the side of Bronco that I had started to rip a hole in like six times. Yeah. Like just once I see that hole, it's just like, okay, new game plan. Right. Keep aiming there. Cause right. like if, if I can't get deep enough to break something in there, well, I'm not going to get deep enough somewhere else. So, right. so well, even they did chasing. some game planning. They, they put on some extra structures. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. To try and that was combat something. you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I'll give credit to him cause it worked really well. Like they otherwise I think would have just drove straight under us, which is what we wanted. And then they wouldn't have been able to line up a flip or anything. So being able to have that kind of be their backstop and say, okay, flip now. Right. Worked really well. I mean, they got us up in the air a ton. They controlled us for uh, at least a minute and a half of the fight. Definitely one of the most exciting matches this season, in my opinion. So, okay, yeah. good. Because I, no, no. I was a little worried. Because you didn't was... know. I mean, it was definitely a battle. It was not, you know, a lot of times somebody has the upper hand within the first 30 seconds, yeah. right? And then, then it's, it stays that way and it's over. So when somebody comes back... It's it's pretty exciting, but this one is they came back, and then you guys came back again. Came back so again. Yes, yeah, that, true. That, you don't see that as often. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it's something I've complained not complained, but once you've been in the show, once you've seen literally every fight at least twice, you know, because we're at the show and then we watch the show, right? You start to lose the surprise of it a little bit. Like I, I do miss. It was seeing a fight and for the most part going like gee I wonder who's going to win this one like I don't know right and that was what was cool about the Bronco one yeah it was so close the whole way through and then the end I mean we're going nuts obviously it was on the show yeah oh yeah you yeah know. yeah you guys <laughs> I like I get a little adrenaline hey that you should you've put so much in time into it yeah yeah um but it's also like that last 15 seconds was like that was the only thing that changed it for being a coin flip at best for us so you know having it go so well at the end and then we just like oh my god like we got it. Like, we have to have got it. Yeah, yeah. And um, It seemed pretty clear at the end, yes. Yeah. yeah. I love these stories. and I, and I, I could tell them all day also. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, I have one last question. What's next for you? What's next for John? And, for Jonathan and or for Huge? For, for both, yeah. Ooh. Um, for Huge specifically, it's, we know from this season that we're on to something. Like, we've now, we're fighting really top tier stuff. It drives a lot better. The weapon's still pretty good. What we want to do is, um, fighting Sanawayachi, we still saw some damage from the hits to the center, so we know we can update that and get it even stronger. And otherwise, we just want some more weapon. Like, there's a lot more places I think we can cut weight in the design. Last year, we cut about 20% of the weight out, and then oh, just, wow. it all went straight into armor and the wheels. So this year, we're a tank. Last year was a bit hopeful. But getting more weapon on it, like, at one point in the Bronco fight, they just rushed the spinner which is, would have been my strategy for the whole fight if I was driving Bronco, but they just rush the spinner and it just comes to a dead halt and then they flip us. And it didn't damage anything 
And I was like, uh oh, like that's when I saw it. And I said, uh oh, we're going to lose this fight. Like if they just keep doing that, we're done for. And they stopped. So we won the fight. But um, yeah, seeing that is a wake up call of, you know, the armors are getting more serious. Everyone ups their game every year. And what was enough weapon last year was not enough weapon this year. And we made it work. You know, you're with Gigabyte, we got the right shot and the right point that they didn't expect. With Bronco, we were able to drive out drive it, basically. And with Jasper, we it was enough weapon, we hit it hard enough that it died. And so we just know if we can hang a weapon like Bite Force or hang a weapon, maybe even hopefully like Valkyrie Tombstone, like some real powerful thing in the middle, and take what we learned from the Sunawayachi fight and strengthen the center enough to take that kind of force. Like, now it's not going to be that I need to carefully tiptoe for three minutes to get you. Now it's going to be like, we're coming. We're coming. And and that's what I want. I want to be, I'm tired of, you know, I don't think we get a lot of the control and aggression points in most of our decisions. Um, I'm tired of that. I want to be able to, like, take it to them. All right. So so watch out. Hugh just coming at you next year, Hugh just coming a little bit faster, a little bit stronger, and... uh, that's the goal for next year. Yeah, good. Now, good. I can't say it's not working this year, though. I'm yeah, happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know we don't know what. I don't know uh, how it's going to end up. But we're we're just in September now. Right. Um, Three and one right now, though. So I would say, good. yeah, we fought some really. I mean, Jasper is a tank. Gigabyte's a legend. Bronco's a legend. Sonoyachi's a legend. That they were the bottom of my list to fight. I don't think there's any shame in losing to the last person you want to fight. So one one last question for you. Advice. If you were talking to younger Jonathan, maybe that middle school Jonathan, or somebody like him, somebody who's maybe interested in BattleBot stuff, what what advice would you give them? The first piece of advice I would give specifically teenage Jonathan is don't be so broken up over not getting into the perfect college that you wanted to get into. Like, it'll be okay. Like, it, uh, That's it, good advice. It is what you make of it more so than where you go by far. And Western New England University was great to us. And it is not a high-profile school in any way. And it really, you know, there's still the opportunities anywhere to... They had, you know, the Formula Baja team. So if someone wanted to build cars, you could build cars there. And they had enough of a shop to let me build a battle bot there with a lot of help from the machine shop guys. Um, it's It was really just... It is what you make of it. Like, it is one of the things I've learned because I've only been an adult for a couple of years. Is... <laughs> um, there, you don't, you're not going to have time for anything. If you have time for something, you got to make time. Or if you want time for something, you have to make time for it. And I think it was the same way for colleges. If you really have the passion to build robots or the passion to build a car or anything like that, is you've got to carve out the time from something else and make it happen. And no matter where you go to school and stuff, you'll be able to do that. You'll find a way, basically. So that's the biggest piece of advice I'd give to younger me. And then otherwise... Um, if you're an engineer in engineering school, go hang out in the machine shop. Like, at least my school did not teach a lot of machining. And then that kind of uh, trickled down into, I get into the real world, and I don't totally know how to make stuff. Like, I conceptually know how to make stuff. But that real practical, like, knowing how to design something to be really simple and easy to make had to come more from experience. And just go hang out in the machine shop and pick up some stuff. See, try and make something. Try and help out with something or just see what's going on and learn those skills because they're going to help you a lot once you hit engineering and in the real world, so to speak. Because, you know, even if you're working in some... I worked at a fuel cell company first, my first job, a hydrogen fuel cell company, and they were great. Um, You wouldn't think I'd need to know much machining there, but, oh, I need to make an adapter. Oh, I need to, you know, make a frame for something at an 80-20. Like, those skills... 
that I learned mostly through the robots and a little experience in school were just as helpful as the things that we spent a ton of time on in school, just because it's something that once you have the tool, you're going to use it so often. I think those are two excellent pieces of advice. I, I couldn't agree more, but it's good to hear from you. So excellent. Well, Jonathan, I, I have to say, I, it, you know, I, I'm very impressed with where you're going. I uh, I, I think this is great. I think we're going to see great things from you. And I hope so. Some, or should I say some huge things from you <laughs> in your future? Sorry, I had to throw it in there. No, you yeah. don't <laughs> I'm sure stop. You get that like, all the time. <laughs> I, I still love it. If I didn't find it funny, I'd name the robot something else. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it's a perfect name. You know, any final yeah. thoughts? Anything you want to? Biggest final thoughts is just if you want to build stuff, go build stuff. Like you, you don't have to build a whole robot as your first build it project at all. You can make tools you can make you know all sorts of stuff just if you have the urge and the drive to do it you can build a beetle weight robot for 500 bucks you can build other projects around the house just do something because otherwise you end up with just you just want to build stuff and you don't really know where to start and there's so many resources online there's a um for battlebot stuff the team behind minotaur has released an entire book on how to build robots literal book it's on Amazon and the PDF is online. And um, Charles Guan from Overhaul has an Instructables article called How to Build Your Anything Really, Really Fast. And it is an incredibly detailed article about how just to build anything with the same kind of set of tools really, really fast. And when I'm talking about the, uh, you know, having to learn a lot of the skills and building stuff quickly and somewhat out of the school environment and not really in my work environment because I was working on fuel cells which is a lot more detailed, you know, stuff than giant big plastic robot go bang. Uh, <laughs> uh, those were two great resources for me. So, you know, giving those a read through is is a great way to get anybody started in combat bots. And then who knows? I mean, I've got all sorts of other projects I want to work on. And right. once you have the skills for combat bots, you can make anything in like the RC world, electronics, drones, like it's all. Excellent. Kinda, Hopefully some, you know, 14-year-old kid out there will see it and read it, and then I'm he'll, sure he'll beat will me be. in 10 years or something. Yeah. Thanks for listening today, and remember that if you're looking to validate your designs before you go into production, SolidWorks Simulation Solutions provide an easy-to-use portfolio of analysis tools for predicting a product's real-world physical behavior by virtually testing CAD models. To learn more, go to SolidWorks.com slash simulation. We'll be back again soon with more great Born to Design podcast stories at SolidWorks.com slash podcast or wherever podcasts are readily available. Until then, keep innovating. I really hope that what you heard today has inspired you. If you enjoyed it, head on over to iTunes, search for the Born to Design podcast, and please leave a five-star review so that this podcast will be recommended to more people, helping us expand the Born to Design community. Thank you. Thank you.